7 o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Oh, we like to talk a big talk, but sometimes us leftist type people don't really get the job done at the end of the day, unfortunately. Yeah, I think part another part of that is we tend to be more splintered than the righties. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of a bummer. I, I mean, I, I love an eclectic sense of politics. They're, I don't respect a sledgehammer of hate and ignorance. Yeah. But I wonder why. Works. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a controversial controversial view, uh, right? <laughs> to actually like people, hmm. <laughs> interesting view you have there. It might catch on, but I don't think so. We'll see. <laughs> I can definitely attest to that, though, because even in this last election, even you know, in the primaries, obviously, there was a big divide between some of my, even my friend group. And, you know, we tend to pretty much get along all the time. But, you know, there's always the people that want a little more extreme. There's always the people that want it a little bit more moderate. And it just people go crazy during the election time. (laughs) A lot of friendships end. A lot of family members stop talking to each other. I've had to, uh, you know, 
unfollow and follow at my at my leisure, you know, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what they're posting. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened to me plenty of times. Oh, yeah. I've been that annoying political guy forever. Yeah, that's kind of, speaking of politics and podcasting, uh, uh, that's kind of Maddie's job on our show. Um, yeah. He's kind of he's kind of responsible for the uh, in real life stuff, and I'm kind of responsible for the movie side of things. So <laughs> then we just kind of play <laughs> off of each other. Let's take that wonderful segue to say welcome to Andrew from Friday the 13th. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's been a long time coming. I think we've been talking about this ever since our first episode came out. So, oh yeah, I love your show. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. It's just kind of two two gay guys sitting around in a Chicago apartment shooting the shit. So, <laughs> but it's pretty fun. I, I learn something every time. I think I said that in my five star review, which you need more of. I think we're at like sixteen now, which is pretty good. Uh, nice. But we'll always take more. So, okay. I've got five. Okay, so maybe we need to leave. Maybe we need to lead with yours needs more then. <laughs> yeah, nah, you guys work harder. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we have these like really lofty goals for this thing, and I think probably as you know, as we get further and further down the road, we're getting lazier and lazier about it. <laughs> so, but it's a pyramid scheme. We radicalize other podcasters, and then we, yeah, we reap the benefits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're the new government. Uh, yeah, and I've been talking, I mean, we've been talking with some other podcasts, too. I think we might be doing um, uh, something with Cinema Beef um, next month, and then obviously we're coming back for your show and for Pride Month. That's coming right around the corner. I know, it's hard. Well, judging by the weather, I don't know what your weather is like in uh, Ohio right now, but if it's anything like Chicago, it's, we're, it's, we had this, the first day I think we've been over 50, and like, I can't even tell you. It got nice enough where all the flowers came in and my magnolia tree bloomed. Speaking of trees in bloom, we are here to talk about a little movie called Cherry Falls. Yes, I have to tell you, um, I got the Blu-ray just because I meant to pick it up anyway. And then I was like, well, this is my excuse now. And (laughs) um, I had not seen this movie since it premiered on USA Network in like 2000. But I remember being in, I guess I would have been like a freshman in high school at the time. Um, being like super excited for this movie to come out on USA Network. <laughs> now watching it back, I was like, what was I excited about again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I kind of wonder what the movie would have been like if they would have left the original cut. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good Blu-ray. I mean, the transfer is really nice. Um, there's a lot of like uh, interviews from the cast and stuff on there that they've somehow managed to find. It's It's pretty good release. I like it quite a bit. Is it the Shout Factory or Screen Factory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the same. That's the same one I have. It was funny. We we sat down and watched this last Friday night, and I went into it as this was like a serious movie because that's kind of how I remembered it. And I was like, why am I like laughing so much? Like, and then I like <laughs> after like reading some stuff and watching a couple interviews, I'm like, oh, they meant this to be a satire. I did not even realize that. Yeah, pretty similar. Uh, I I had seen it more recently because a good friend of mine lived in the Richmond area when they made this movie. And uh, some of her friends were extras and stuff in it. Yeah. So she told me about it. She was in a band. At the time, she was in a band called Girlish Figure. And now she's she lives in uh, Oakland and she's in a band called Year of the Fist. Uh, If if you're listening, I wanted to plug your band. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, 
I don't know if you you remember you probably wouldn't, but in one of the scenes when in at the uh, at the fuck fest later yeah. on, what are they? What is it? What do they call that party? I don't remember. Like, dra- uh, pop your cherry ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the principal calls it a literal fuck fest. One of the one of the uh, students that was running down the stairs, clutching a sheet around his waist. Mm-hmm. I guess he was flexing the whole time to try to look more buff like get uh, noticed <laughs> yeah 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 uh and that that was one of her friends and she pointed she told me i had to oh, check it right. out yeah <laughs> that's too funny but yeah i thought it was gonna be a straight up slasher and then i think the first time i watched it i was thinking these these people really like wes craven yeah definitely has echoes of that for sure scream what scream had come out three years yeah like three or three or four years before that yeah yeah uh, and the, yeah there was that then there was the um okay but i guess before we go any further yeah we should probably go back <laughs> we're a little ahead <laughs> of ourselves so Cherry I, I think it's uh i think it's funny that it's aptly in uh virgin yeah, <laughs> yeah. where it takes place a <laughs> lot of like like you know like you said a lot of taking the piss out of horror movies and the whole idea, which I think was maybe the, not the best thing. There's some good things about this movie. Oh I, yeah. For I sure. like the movie overall, but um, yeah, I can tell just, you that when I got done watching it, I looked over to my husband and I was like, you know, this, this movie's not great, but I'll watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's worth having that DVD or that Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, for old, sure. Old interviews with Brittany Murphy, who I I was in love with at the time. Jeffrey Wright. I previously covered Romper Stomper mm-hmm. on the show. These are the only two movies of his that I've ever seen. Yeah. But this yeah. is a big cast. I mean, it's Michael Bean, uh, Jay Moore, and some of those early 2000 people. I'm trying to think of what that skinny kid is, what, what he's from. With DJ Quails? Yeah, DJ Quails. Like, yeah. there's a ton of people in this movie. <laughs> And it's got that guy from, I don't know if you watched that uh, Happy Endings show or not, but um, I guess it was his first acting credit. So I'm glad. But he, he shows up in a lot of different like sitcoms and stuff. Oh, uh, is that the guy that's also from Virginia? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I forgot Jesse Bradford's that in the beginning, the guy from Swim Fan. Yeah, Swim Fan and uh, Hackers. It's just crazy all the people that were like that just showed up in this thing. I'm like, where where have all these people been? Like, apparently they did this movie and then never worked again. I guess. <laughs> what this played in the theaters in the UK and Spain, I think, but yeah, straight to USA in the states. Yeah, I guess it was. It's now pegged as the most expensive TV movie ever made. James Cameron will probably beat that one of these days, but <laughs> <laughs> or somebody, else, some famous director will shoot something on an iPhone, put it on TV. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that insane movie or not. I I couldn't bring myself to go see it in the theater just because I thought it would be. Uh, I, I don't know. It just the, from the previews, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this movie based on the cinematography here. <laughs> I I figured I would wait. And maybe watch it on a small screen. Yeah, exactly. For that little extraness. So I think the IMD synopsis for this is, <laughs> it's it's a pretty brief. It's a, in a small town of Cherry Falls, a psychotic murderer is killing off the virgins of a local high school. Like, yeah, I guess that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Another nod to the slasher that it sort of mimics. But yeah, there has been some arguments about whether or not this is technically a horror movie or whatever, which I don't really get. That's been kind of one of my... You know what really grinds my gears? And I haven't really expounded upon it, really, is 
I, I feel like a lot of people focus too much on being very strict on what's allowed to be called a horror movie. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I've been seeing this going on Facebook and in all the, uh, I think that, I forget who's doing the, is it horror right now? And I'm just like, do we care? I'm like, just like what you like and don't like what you don't like, I guess. Yeah. In the last little snippy debate I had about it, I said something like, uh, it's like saying there's only one way to be punk rock. Right. Let's put a bunch of rules on it. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> rules are fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what else is fun? Losing your virginity. Ooh. So when did you lose your virginity? I was a late bloomer. I was 17. I was later than you. I, I lost my virginity to a woman when I was 20 and then to a man when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, figured that out real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to give a little brief story of either of those, or do we want to leave it at that? Uh, Pretty much, it's like the classic, like, accidentally losing your virginity because you got way too drunk. Mm. So (laughs) that's kind of the how it happened the first time. And then the second time was with a a more boyfriend type character. I was a little more choosy on that in that front. So Right on. Yeah, my first time was, uh, it was very awkward yeah of Uh, course you know it was like a girl that i had known forever ago and then it was just sort of like hey let's let's try let's do the damn thing let's do it (laughs) and then it got really wild you know the cops showed up we got away (laughs) (laughs) we went somewhere else that was a bit more private and then yeah i mean like I literally later. thought you were I thought you were going down the Cherry Falls route like this mimicked your actual life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay Moore was there. <laughs> Dressed up like a woman. Yeah, with that speculum looking eyelash thing. Oh my yeah. gosh, this this movie is so bonkers. Like like I said, when we were watching it, we were totally taken straight and I was like, is this for real? Like, I don't know if you noticed, but like at the beginning of this movie everyone has sex eyes for everyone like yes. the mom with the uh, her boyfriend even at one point like Brittany murphy is like wrestling with her father and there's like an awkward moment i don't know if you remember that or not but when he lands on top of her yes and they're like i'm like are they gonna kiss <laughs> like what's going on here yeah everybody everywhere and yeah i wrote that down about the mom she's like hey do you got a long thing i can put in my mouth and puff in your face it's like, oh boo, my God. this is Mrs. Brittany Murphy's mom. Are you trying to seduce me? And then there's like, there's a weird moment in that, in that beginning part where she like goes to go in the house and the mom's like, be careful. Uh, don't poke the bear. Like, don't wake, you know, your father. And I'm just like, wait, what? Cause he's just like a normal guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not like abusive or, you know, uh, yelling at her or anything it's just kind of it's really awkward the whole dynamic between the family because i don't think you ever see the mom with the dad like ever in the whole movie i can't think of one scene where they're in it together i don't think so she's just drinking somewhere i know (laughs) she's like off in the corner with her like vodka bottle yeah she's got the vodka bottle it looked like um when she's making those burn ass cookies (laughs) <laughs> She's drinking out of the biggest Crown Royal bottle I've ever seen, but I'm sure and it's isn't there like sherry or something. Isn't there a moment where she finds her in the hallway, like late late at, late at night, like a la um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the mom from that? Like, I swear it's like a ripoff <laughs> right from that. Yeah. She didn't get pulled through the door, though, uh, like a rubber doll. <laughs> God. The, uh, the IMDb synopsis didn't have to be 
too long because i mean that's well yeah that's we got, okay movie. so we got the fuck eyes then we're introduced to like the cast of characters so it's your typical like high school group you know you got the popular girl the burnout the gay guy like all these like typical you know you have to have one in every 2000s movie Tammy, and, of course has the youtube show but i guess right. it's a blog right now because it's 1998 <laughs> and it's funny because like you think that this movie's gonna kind of set it up to be you know, this group of friends are going to get killed one by one, but really only like one of them dies. <laughs> they all like kind of survive the whole movie unless you think they get killed in the uh, massacre at the end. But it kind of takes like these ancillary characters that you don't even know, like the girl that gets in the are in the cafeteria that gets killed at, later at her house. She has nothing to do with this movie, but she's the one that gets killed. She, I guess in this, movie maybe she's like Chekhov's virgin because they've they've already established that the killer's killing virgins so then they shoot immediately to oh yeah she she thinks (laughs) she thinks fellatio is a character in Shakespeare (laughs) and I do think it's funny that the cops can deduce that he's killing virgins by three people dying (laughs) that are in high school well I don't think they ever ever finish showing it but doesn't Jay Moore carve virgin Oh, that's right. Yeah, in everything, I think in the girl's legs, and then in a in a thing, sort of like in Seven. You know, it's carved into the locker when Timmy's in there with the big ass Nokia phone. I know. I, I had to laugh a little bit. I was like, "Oh, I remember those phones." <laughs> Indestructible, basically. I <laughs> I was on tour once, and somebody threw my phone, and it broke into about four pieces. And I put it back together, and it worked. And it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing people's jankety ass phones on the train when they like have dropped it and it's like in a million pieces and like they're probably going to cut their finger when they go to like swipe it open. It just <laughs> it cracks me up. I've been lucky. So I want to knock wood, but then that'll rattle like shit in your microphone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I've been pretty lucky too. Uh, I, I think I've had the same phone for uh, people keep telling like tease me to go cheat, like uh, trade it in. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the Verizon store for two hours. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i threw us off on a tangent there for a second you know this is the place for that <laughs> i've listened to the show yeah so we're gonna go crazier places than the verizon store by the time we're done maybe i don't <laughs> know what kind of uh let me know if you've got a time uh oh no we're, i'm good okay sweet um i'm trying to think of what else i was wanted to talk about with this movie it's just and the acting is like so over the top there's this really weird scene I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, where Brittany Murphy's running away. For, she just found Timmy. Is that his name, Timmy? Yes. Um, and she, the, she gets attacked by the killer. And uh, <laughs> them running down the hallway, like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just her being awkward runner or <laughs> if that if she was, like, told to be like that. But it is the weirdest run. She has, like, her arms, like, straight to her sides. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'll have to look for that next time. Um would she run like what? Do you watch Bob's Burgers? No, oh, yeah, I've seen episodes of it. Yeah, I think the oldest daughter runs like that. Yeah, her, <laughs> I know arms. what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like right after that, there's a super awkward like um, fight scene. I guess you would call it. It's kind of mimics you know Tatum in the garage, but where she's like throwing everything at the killer. But I'm like, damn, she's got some good aim because she hits him like with everything. <laughs> Even a giant fucking shark. 
Yeah, and Jay Moore taught English, right? Okay, so that wasn't yeah. his classroom. No, it has nothing to do with it. This whole movie has nothing to do with anything. It's so funny. <laughs> There's a giant open exacto knife on top of one of the shelves. Right. Okay. And why does she climb? She okay, so she's running away, but instead of running out the door, she climbs up the shelf. Like I'm like, what are you doing? I guess they couldn't have enough running up the stairs. Ah, uh, maybe. Is that like their their homage to that? <laughs> I, I guess because I mean, what? There's the one attack, the the second victim, the girl that uh was in the cafeteria girl, the the red the Star Trek red shirt of this movie. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, she. That was another, you know, the horror movie thing of the person knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And they they said the name. I already can't remember the what name. What is it? Laura Lee, Laura Lee something. Sherman. Laura, Laura Lee Sherman. Sherman. Like, this is Laura Lee Sherman. And, and <laughs> I like that I'm pretty sure that they had Jay Moore do all of those things. And they it looked like Jay Moore in the wig. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, you can just tell that it's like, you can tell it's a guy, like, right off the bat. You're like, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not the uh, the body of a woman that's in this jacket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on the first watch, you know, maybe it's, I, I get that's probably where some of the, uh, the psycho yeah, yeah, nod yeah. to psycho comes. Plus, I don't know if they are fans of I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that movie. <laughs> when the mom... They flash back and forth in the mom, the fight scenes. It's a dude mm-hmm. with a mustache and all that shit. Or, you know, space balls. You idiots! These are not them. You've captured their stunt doubles! But, yeah, it's totally a dude. Uh, it's, this, it's, it's ridiculous. This movie's so, okay. 20 years old, so... <laughs> <laughs> it, so, it basically is that her dad and their friend, and his friends when they were teenagers, I guess... Uh, last year of high school last day of high school raped this woman laura lee sherman and then she just like leaves town and then she gives birth to a baby and then the baby turns into jay moore and then jay moore dresses up like his mom to go kill virgins you know real simple yeah (laughs) (laughs) you hear the story a thousand times Oh, and then I, I tell you, I did like, there's another nod to scream in here too. When the parents come home to find the girl, the short hair, the one we were just talking about, and they have to like, you know, they come in. I'm surprised she didn't like make popcorn for heaven's sakes. Like that's the only thing missing from this scene. That's not or just from scream. But I kind of liked, I kind of liked that moment. And I liked that she was like kind of tied up to the, the ceiling and I have no idea why and it doesn't give you any reason why, but I think it's kind of a cool reveal. Yeah, I was thinking of the, about that a little bit because the the first girl, the um, the hacker, the couple making out in the middle of nowhere trope couple, yeah. she was nailed live to a tree, splayed out it's, like four it's ways. Like another thing that they just don't explain, or maybe it got edited out, you know, in all the editing that they had to do for the MPA. I have no idea, but <laughs> there's yeah. just like a lot of things in here that you're like, hold on. Hold on. Pump the brakes. Like, what What does this mean? Okay, so when Jay Moore was born, she locked him up in the basement like Sloth or Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie film tri- yeah. series yeah. or something. And the sound effects when... What's his name? I keep calling him Reese in my notes. Yeah, the killer? The, the cop dad. Oh, um, Sheriff Brent Markin. So yes. Brent, yes. Yeah, uh, when he's down there, you hear a kid screaming and a whip, and 
it sounds like the mom told the story of her rape a million times to Jay Moore while she was right. dating him. <laughs> so his rage seems to be partially focused at the women, but he's getting revenge for a woman. So and... I have a question about when he goes to that house. Okay. He goes to that house and he checks it all out. You know, we get the little backstory or whatever. And then he goes to leave. Is that supposed to be Jay Moore? That's like, cause they show like the silhouette of, you know, man, woman, uh, kind of watching him leave. Is that supposed to be him or is that supposed to be her still alive? You know what I mean? I never thought about it. Her being her still alive, but I would think with the way he talks about her, that she is dead. That's what I thought too, but I'm like, why would Jay more than dress up like this and go to that house on a whim? Because he knows? I don't know. Yeah, maybe oh, we're making a lot of excuses. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> maybe so, it's... I, like, I want to I wanna really, really like this movie. Unfortunately, I just like come in like middle ground kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take it for what it is. I kind of like a lot of the uh, the nods and kind of the humor and stuff here, but... I feel like I need to watch it again with that mentality to like really pick up on all of those little cues that they do. I know I, I like this mov- movie more than I should. I remember when I, I told my wife that we were going to be recording this. <laughs> She's like, you finally found somebody that'll talk about that movie with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this movie. I don't, there's nothing wrong with it. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since, uh, since um, Timmy is dead. I think one of his best lines that he said shortly before his death was Holy Hyman's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're killing virgins when the parents are fighting. That was another, there was a lot of good humor in this movie. What was the one guy says, I'm going to lock up my daughters. Like I wouldn't worry about your daughter, Fred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's at the time I thought it was like unintentionally funny, but like I said, now they think if I went back, I'd probably pick up on a lot more and be like, oh, they were trying to be funny. <laughs> but, and then so and then we have that scene where they're like all getting ready to, you know, they've they've figured out the kids have figured out that um, the, you know, they the killer is coming after virgins. So they plan this, you know, big party in what can I only imagine is like a like abandoned plantation like at this house is so huge like where do they find this place geographically and in the movie it's it's around richmond virginia so yeah yeah and it's funny i was i was brushing up on the uh wikipedia page today and on the wikipedia page it says it's a a old hunting check and i'm like "Mm, i think you need to rewatch this movie yeah what were they hunting (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Virgins, most, hunting yeah, virgins. hunting virgins. <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs> oh my god, the line. I, that has to. I never watched a trailer for this movie, but that's. Well, I don't know. No, it's not in it because that would give away who the killer is right away. Yeah, and uh, you watch some of the old interviews and stuff, and that's one of the things I noticed uh, with the Jay Moore interviews was he was really good at hiding that. He just talked about the teacher character. Yeah, yeah. It was cool seeing all those old interviews. I mean, I haven't seen... I've obviously seen a lot of Brittany Murphy's movies just because that was kind of my demographic, you know, when I was growing up, she kind of was just the right age and was in the right movies that I was, you know, like just married and uh, clueless and all those, all those movies. So was she in little black book? 
Uh, was that? Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah. Okay. She's just blonde in that movie, so it just threw me off. <laughs> and it's funny, uh, the only other person that I noticed was um, kind of the popular girl, the girl that gives them, like, the sex pep talk. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Girls have to do everything. Boys are totally clueless when it comes to sex. It starts with them trying to unhook our bras, fumbling around, and it never changes. Wait until they try to put their dicks in you. Please don't say they need help with that. Always. But what about birth control? Girls, there's no time for the pill, and certainly no chance for withdrawal, so I recommend condoms. What about clitoral or vaginal orgasm? Unless we're talking about masturbation. Forget it. She was in this show called uh, She Spies. Do you know about this show? I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. So it was a weird show that came on, like, in the middle of the night. It was, like, uh, paired up with, like, Hercules and uh, all those kind of shows that would come on at, like, 1 a.m. Xena, Star Trek, (laughs) Next Gen. I noticed her out of that, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I completely forgot about that show. And I went back, and her, her her name in She Spies is Dee Dee Cummings. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Double D Cummings is your uh, she spy. Jay Moore did a really good job becoming a high school teacher in 26 years. Yeah, sure. Well, it, we co- it comes back down to that weird sex size for everybody again, where I'm like, is everyone just going to have sex in every scene? Because that's what they're kind of alluding to. She turns in like a late paper or something to him. And they kind of have that weird, awkward exchange where she basically looks like she's like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll suck your dick if you give me an A on this paper, basically. <laughs> Mr. Marston. Yeah. <laughs> and boy, uh, Kenny, Kenny thinks that there's something going on. Of course, you know, he's the jealous, horny boyfriend. He thinks, well, you must be having sex with everybody else for not having sex with me. Right. That character is probably like my least favorite in this whole movie, just because I'm like, you, you're hot and cold and I can't stand you. Because <laughs> yeah. that would make me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you won't have sex with me in the car in front of your house? Right. I think we have to break up. I think we should see other people. And then, like, the next day, he already has, like, a new girlfriend. I'm like, you're not you're not that hot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got spiky hair. Yeah, he's got these, definitely got the 2000s hair. The only thing I was missing was, like, the, uh, where it was basically, like, the blonde tips. I kind of <laughs> wanted that. That didn't hit Virginia yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Good excuse. So yeah, the kids set up Fuckfest 2000 or the Pop Pop Your Cherry Ball. Mm-hmm. See, we've got the the fight in the lab, the shark that's hanging up above head. That's for no reason. Yeah, it's I, like a giant paper mache shark. <laughs> <laughs> she's very strong. She's also she's very bitey in this movie. She's very into biting of sorts. Yeah, she makes the bitey growly face when she's awkwardly wrestling with her dad. <laughs> And then when she when she finds out that her dad is a gross rapist hypocrite, she goes to Kenny's house where he's jamming his guitar and his tiny PV amp. You know, as in you the do. mirror, huh? As you do, you know. Yeah, yeah, as you do. <laughs> Trying to look cool in case somebody walks by. He's got the curtains open, right? Um, <laughs> he's posing in front of the mirror yeah. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I don't know. I, I've been in a lot of bands, and I will often catch. Guitar players, if they see their reflection when they're at band practice, they'll watch themselves. Gotcha. <laughs> I got to make sure I look good so that, you know, I look good to everybody else. Yeah. Like, how do my muscles look when I make this this note? <laughs> All right. Well, I got to change the note. Ah, there we go. Now, of course, they probably the same thing, say the same thing about drummers, but 
they keep us off camera anyway so yeah about it. Uh, and i'm not i'm not musically inclined in, in, in any of the least uh you won't even catch me doing karaoke so <laughs> <laughs> even drunk do you drink i do yeah i, th- I thought you uh i thought i heard you on a couple episodes talk about uh you enjoy some wine yep i actually have a glass sitting right next to me right now nice it's been a long week so <laughs> <laughs> i've got uh i've got some waiting for me downstairs i get a little bit of rambly when i'm on wine and i already sure. have enough trouble with that yeah <laughs> so yeah so we're let's see here where were we at we're at the party uh and then Brittany murphy of course she didn't go to the party with him did she i think at one time she said she was going to but she was gonna go uh she goes to his bedroom for the really sultry bite my toes oh uh, yeah him, i completely him his, yeah. had to put this out of my memory because i was so <laughs> grossed out <laughs> bite it kicking him in the face and <laughs> he says something like i want you to be with me because you want to be with me which is nice and then she gets all sort of like him or something maybe and just said save save me the fucking violins and then she goes and rides her bike to mr marston's house yeah and they make it look like it's so random like she just happened to be going by this house when he just happens to be bringing a uh what is it a trunk up the steps yep a trunk full of dad yeah <laughs> I do like that, though, when they, they get it downstairs and she's like, so what's in the trunk? And he's like, your dad. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, we're going right there. I don't know. You never know until you're in the situation. But when she said she had a fight with him and he said, oh, found out he was a liar, a fraud, a sham, a horrible human being, monster. And I, I don't even know if he said rapist, but then he throws the trunk down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Very well timed. But then he like uh, basically ties them up. Uh, and is gonna torture them i'm assuming um but he wants he wants the dad to admit it basically that this is you know admit to your daughter what you did so then we get you know we get the full story but we get this like weird um like redeeming i guess redeeming moment where he was like well it wasn't me it was my friends that made me do it and i'm just like okay I'm pretty sure that you have to get hard enough for that to happen, so... Yeah. Uh, Just and, saying. Yeah. A lot of people don't rape people when they're drunk. Exactly. <laughs> but then, uh, does the boyfriend finds her bike and then goes in the house, right? And then he, he kind of stumbles upon what's happening, and they, yeah. get, they get loose, right? And then the dad and the, they get into, like, the, a rumble of sorts. Yep. And then he gets killed, right? Yeah, pretty pretty straight straight up. Uh, Jay Moore's got the knife out because he's gonna kill the boyfriend on the porch. Right, 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 right. I don't know. He comes out very aggressive in his. I'm not his wearing robe. anything weird underneath this robe. Robe. And... He's like, why? Are, isn't doesn't he say something like, aren't why are you wearing makeup? Mm-hmm. And doesn't he say like it pretty. makes me feel pretty? <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. And then, See, yeah. like the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, God, why did I not think this was like making fun of itself it's so obvious (laughs) like when you think about it yeah that was part of um what got michael bean to do the movie i don't know if you saw that interview yeah i did yeah where he basically said like i'm not gonna do it and then he read like 15 pages in or after he read 15 pages in and then they're like no 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 keep reading and then he kind of got it and was like oh okay well i'll do this then i'll take the paycheck All the other people from Terminator are doing it. Uh, well, not that movie. What, what was his name? Robert Patrick, the player. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the coach in uh, 
the faculty that's what i always remember him from for some reason that is another movie that i don't think gets talked about i haven't seen it forever but that was just one of those like movies that once again growing up i we i basically grew up in like a really small town and so we only had access to like what would come on dvd at our like local grocery store or whatever and i just distinctly remember seeing that and like oh, i'm gonna i'm just gonna buy this and give it a whim and then i just like kept watching it over and over and over again <laughs> that and disturbing behavior i used to mm-hmm. watch that a lot yep what the hell's the matter with you <laughs> you rats from the bay you rats rats everywhere you kids are so smart, you think you know everything. You don't know nothing! Oh, I, I had a huge crush on James Marsden, so... <laughs> Just like I'm sure most people had a crush on Katie Holmes in that movie, so... <laughs> yeah, which one was James Marsden? Was that the main the main kid? Yeah, the main guy. The, like, very, like, uh, all-town, you know, like, all-school quarterback type <laughs> guy, yeah. basically. Because what he... Drapey bowl-cut type hair. Exactly. I guess that was my type back then. <laughs> You know, they were, I mean, he was handsome. I, I didn't really like his hair all that much, but you couldn't really fix 90s hair with a lot no. of No, I mean, j- just look at, I think, uh, who's the guy in the faculty? I can't remember his name. Josh Hartnett? Yeah, that's like seventh, I think somebody, somebody on a different podcast referred to, refers to him as su- uh, seventh grade haircut. <laughs> like, Oh, is that Jamie, Jamie Yeah, Sammons? Jamie, Jamie, yeah. But I always, <laughs> I always crack up when she says that. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's weird looking back. Our fashion times. choices uh, are were interesting back then. I'm. Uh, you said you were in what grade in 2000? So this would have been like freshman in high school, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I was a couple years older than you. Since we're talking a little bit about high school and virginity losing and all that other stuff, I might find some old pictures of me in high school. <laughs> yeah, put them up in the group. There was a lot of plaid. I, I, yeah. <laughs> the band I was in played a lot more ska back then. Gotcha. Uh, you know. So I think you had to wear plaid if you right to fit in. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely know. have like some senior pictures where I'm definitely wearing a sweater vest. So that's, <laughs> that's more where I was at at that time. <laughs> a little bit of a tangent, but oh, well. all right. Anyway, back to cut to uh, basically they escape out of the house and apparently they're like next door neighbors with this this party this party house because they like run right to it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess it's probably a small enough town that. You know, everybody knows where everybody lives, and there's four cops in the town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like the one when they uh they stop the cop, and they're like, uh, you know, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And he's like, this is my post. Like, and I can't leave it. And, and then he just gets, like, hacked to death. But I'm just like, I'm pretty sure, like, you can. Just help them. Yeah. Like, go with them. You've got a gun. Exactly. Use it for and, good. And I guess th- this is where this movie... I, I did not remember the actual, like, orgy. Like, I, I had put it out of my brain that they actually show, like, this giant orgy of horny teenagers all losing their virginity, like, basically touching butts, you know, <laughs> next to each other. Except for what DJ Quails and the the girl. Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> locked in the bathroom. Yeah, they're in the secret maid's bedroom or yeah locked in the bathroom the cubby under the upstairs or whatever yeah exactly like the only sensible people because apparently everyone else just thought it was fine to just have like (laughs) sex right next to each other like let's fucking go it's uh it's like have you seen society you know that is on like my my like shame list just because i i haven't seen it i know it's on amazon prime now so i want to give it a watch but i i've heard so much about it that 
I, I'm not huge into like um like Cronenberg body horror stuff. It really like gets to me, mm-hmm. and I know that that movie has a lot of that in there. So I'm like, it's one of those ones that I probably won't. It probably won't be as bad as what I'm thinking, but it's like I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for when you're doing a show or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do with movies that I know I should see, but I don't want to push myself. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not a movie that you watch all the time. I've seen Caligula once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made the mistake of uh, like Google imaging searching for society. And I'm just like, yep, I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear them talk about the different versions of the end orgy scene, which I guess... The writer said was one of the main reasons why he wanted to write this movie, which felt... Are you talking about the sheets thing? The sheets thing and the straight-up naked bodies writhing everywhere. Yeah, I I read something about it, or I was watching it, and I think it was an interview with maybe the director or something, where he was basically like, yeah, we had this whole thing where we wanted to do, like, white sheets going up and down, and then as Jay Moore kind of, like, runs through uh, the party, it, it, you know, splotches of red kind of showing up on the sheets and then they went to, and then the director's basically like, nope, we're doing it naked, all <laughs> naked. And the MPAA says, nope. So do you remember, is this, is this the actual cut that went on USA or is this like a different, a different cut? The cut that went on USA, cause this is, uh, this is the R cut. So they must have trimmed some of this off for the USA yeah. one. Yeah, they trimmed some off for USA. I don't think that there's nudity in the movie. I, uh, I, do I feel like I remember seeing butts, and that's it? But maybe yeah. I'm... Yeah, there's butts, but you know what? NYPD Blue already crossed that line. Sure, yeah. Uh, in the early 90s or whatever. I thought there was going to be breasts in the rape scene, but they cut it right before the bra was cut off or ripped yeah. off. And I guess that um, the the guy who made this movie does not have like the like original footage, so they can't ever like release it the way it was meant to be seen. I guess is what I read. That's a shame when things like that happen. I'm trying to think. There's a couple movies like that where. Well, yeah, like Friday Seven. Everyone complains about that. How all the kills are all censored. Then they destroyed the footage and we'll never see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll find it when they're when they finish going through Prince's vault or something. Right. (laughs) Yes. Discarded scraps of Friday the 13th. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe he was secretly writing the soundtrack. There's been a lot of revelations around this Prince stuff that I was just like, wait, really? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, like, uh, I don't know about you, but my mom was a huge uh, Purple Rain, the movie fan. Mm-hmm. So my dad I, probably, I, I probably had to watch that movie a hundred times when I was a kid <laughs> just because she would always put it on. <laughs> I remember in junior high, I got in trouble because I had a copy. I had the uh, Sexy Motherfucker album. Oh, nice. And the teacher saw it. As happened quite a few times, there would be an angry letter written home to my dad. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and he's the one that gave it to me, so I didn't, I didn't get in trouble. I learned it from you. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> I had green hair, uh, uh, of course. And mm-hmm. the vice principal came and took me out of class. And he took me to the locker room and basically had me run, tried to wash the dye out of my hair. I'm like, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really didn't work that way because when my dad found out, he bought me four bottles of the same dye. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. 
but anyway, back back to the movie. Let's yeah. let's let's finish this guy up. Um, <laughs> Because this is like where things get wacky and Jay Moore follows them into the orgy house and just decides, you know, I'm done with this whole virgin thing. I'm just going to kill anything that moves and just pretty much just stabs wherever he can to try to get to Brittany Murphy. It's kind of hilarious, actually, how everyone freaks out and like gets clogged on the stairs and trample the cops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's uh, the chase ensues, and uh, I guess Brittany Murphy, I forget, does she throw him out the window, or he, she just, like, kind of move, and he kind of, like, goes over the edge? She does that patented move her dad taught her. Oh, that her, her dad taught her, yeah. Yep. So she steps and grabs on and throws him over her shoulder. I don't know how they always... I guess that's the uh, more more of the funny horror movie stuff. He found the, the, <laughs> the one way to impale himself on the porch. And it looks like he broke the railing in such a way that he could also impale himself. And I know it wouldn't work as well if you land on the on the railing and you just break your back and you land in the in the bushes. So he's yeah. there and the kid from uh, But I'm a Cheerleader, who's part of the trifecta of cool sort of guys. He creeps up. I gotta tell you this I laughed out loud at this part where he like kind of comes to like for a second like the you know the death twitch or whatever and that cop just unloads into him with two fucking revolvers <laughs> it's like what the the lady that played the deputy said that she only had one direction from Jeffrey Wright on that uh on that scene and it was do it like Clint Eastwood Oh my gosh, that that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Unloads, double fist. Uh, when they show that kid, he's got Jay Moore's hand still stuck in his hair, but <laughs> yeah. not attached. So she shot him so many times that his literal hand got blown off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the nod to RoboCop. I'd buy that for a dollar. Throw that Maybe. in there just because yeah. they prove me wrong. And then pretty much you get your standard uh, horror movie ending. You know, they, they tell the cops that their dad was innocent, basically, keep the secret, and then they go riding off into the sunset, but not before she thinks she sees Laura Lee Sherman one more time. And that's kind of, like, where they end it. And then there's that really awkward ending where, like, the falls run red. Yeah, falls, <laughs> falls lost its virginity. I'm just like, what? I don't know. I And I since I've only seen two of Jeffrey Wright's movies, I don't know if he's got a thing with water because, you know, Romper Stomper ends in water. Oh, interesting. But that's that's ocean water. But there is blood in it. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the things that pissed me off is you sort of run out of really likable characters in the movie. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, real quick. And then they just go ahead and Brittany Murphy, as self-righteous as she was about you covered it up, this was rape. This was bullshit. You know, rapists become, or Jay Moore says it, but you know, when rapists become the pillars of the community and then she's just there helping cover it all up. Continuing the legacy. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's going to have a drinking problem with her mom. I think Kenny lives. Uh, do you, okay. Little bit of a, where do you think they are now? Usually couples or whatever that go through traumatic experiences, either totally break up immediately or they latch on to each other i think that if kenny survived because i don't know why but they seem to make us think that he was gonna be okay yeah 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 they probably got married right out of high school right and probably had like 17 babies and are not living on welfare yeah that's my, that'd be my theory <laughs> and do you think they're still married 
Mm, probably not. They're probably estranged from each other, doing the awkward uh, custody deal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he still plays his guitar? Is he? <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely has like a dad band. He's in a band with Mike Huckabee. <laughs> oh please no. Although Huckabee was not from Virginia. I am so scared to go through another uh election just because i've i've finally gotten rid of some of the uh the name anxiety like with you know people like huckabee and stuff where i just like don't want to hear those names anymore like i just don't want to do it (laughs) (laughs) i got enough of that president you know so yeah so many everybody's more stressed out from all this winning uh, I know. And it's funny, we're actually doing, um, we're going to do the DeVos family on our next episode of Friday. And uh, I kind of have personal ties to them. Yeah. Uh, I went to, I went to college in Grand Rapids, which is basically where the DeVosses have built their fortune with Amway and everything. And I used to uh, serve them Sunday brunch almost every Sunday. They would come into the restaurant I worked at and I was kind of their preferred server, which is really, really odd because I'm, you know, far from their straight laced you know, right wing <laughs> person. <laughs> so maybe they just liked being able to like have me as the help. I don't know. I know a gay person. Yeah. See, <laughs> we know this person. I gotta say though, not bad tippers. So I will give them that. <laughs> That's good. I mean, they, they definitely seem, especially Betsy doesn't seem like she has a problem spending other people's money. Nope. And what Eric Prince? That's, I know you're, you got the, the name anxiety, but that's her brother's name, right? Yeah, yeah. The, mer- the mercenary. Mm-hmm. That whole family has got some deep ties and some deep issues. I think there's only maybe one or two of the kids that are more, I don't know how to put it, like more left wing, a little more even keel, if you will. <laughs> they just keep them, keep them out of the limelight. Cause... Yeah, exactly. Well, I know their one son created that big, um, I don't know. I don't know if you know much about Grand Rapids or not. Not really. He created like this uh, this contest called Art Prize that went for a couple years, and it really brought a lot of like the art community to Grand Rapids and really increased the hospitality there and stuff. So he's kind of credited for that, and I guess you can see that as progressive. But really, it's just all a cover to say that you know he brought his parents more money because they own the Amway Hotel, which is basically the biggest hotel down there. So. <laughs> like look at this great thing i did for humanity and i was like oh yeah but you're still getting rich off of it so but i digress the greater good when your god is money i know did you uh catch the alternate names that cherry falls had i saw them but remind me remind me okay the ones that i saw were mexico and germany and my my german isn't very good but in germany it was called sex odor streeb which translates to sex or die i kind of like that actually (laughs) exclamation point involved (laughs) or included yeah and in mexico it was corre no grites which is run don't scream that one's a little weak, I think. The German's better. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Let's see. Did you have anything else about this movie or this type of movie that we didn't get to? You know, I will say um, I I kind of like this age of, you know, in the wake of Scream slasher. Like, I grew up with a lot of movies like, uh, you know, Urban Legend and, like we said, Disturbing Behavior. And even to a lesser extent, that movie Valentine. I don't know if you ever saw that one or not. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, like, I don't know. These, like, hold a special place, like, of nostalgia for me. So I think I tend to give probably give them a little more credit than what they what they probably deserve because most of them are not very good. Uh, <laughs> but they just hit, like, a sweet spot for me. I don't know if you if you kind of have, like, a similar era of, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for a lot of the 80s slashers, and I kind of went back to those when I got a little older when I, I was able to. But these are the ones that I, like, grew up with. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, I mean, there's things that you go through because it's they're more historical, but just like with the music that comes out when you're coming of age and things like mm-hmm. that, the movies that are coming out in real time, they're more connected and they sort of they seem to start out with more of a firm foundation, whereas with the more classic things, you know, you build you build an affinity. Yeah, you got to go back because I, I'll tell you, like Friday the Thirteenth is like one of my favorite series, so like I definitely have an affinity. But I'm constantly coming across movies that I've never seen before, uh, mostly from like the 70s. I think kind of that's the era that I need to devote a little bit more time to because I've seen, you know, movies like um, obviously like Halloween and The Changeling and uh, Ghost Story and those like bigger ones. But there's a lot out there that I have never seen from really the 70s is my forgotten era that I should probably revisit. Um, I actually like not to, uh, I, I kind of throw myself under the bus with this one, but I actually just saw Suspiria for the first time, like a couple weeks ago when it came out on Blu-ray, I picked it up and I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I should have seen this movie a long time ago, but I just never got around to it. <laughs> that's, that's probably one of the ones that I need to devote some more time to the, to the Gialli. That is a, that is a part of my horror knowledge that I am still working on. Yeah, Suspiria is a great one. Uh, I think the first Argento movie I saw when I started diving deeper was Opera. Yep, I actually just watched that one for the first time as well. It it tends to be like a theme. Like once they come out on Blu-ray and I know that the quality is going to be good because I've gotten spoiled to this time, you know, to where if a movie looks like shit, I'm probably not going to enjoy it because I'm constantly thinking like, couldn't this be clearer? You know what I mean? (laughs) So... You know, and this comes from a kid that was a product of VHS, which at the time we thought looked fine. But now when you look back on it, you're like, God, this looks shitty. I don't want to adjust fucking tracking anymore. Exactly. (laughs) So it seems like as these older movies, you know, get the shout factory or the vinegar syndrome treatment or whatever, I tend to pick them up just because I'm like, well, I've never seen it. And it's like 15 bucks. So why not? If I hate it, I'll just either give it away or do something with it. So, but I've, I mean, I've come across some that I really liked. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the uh, Stage Fright. I think it's an Italian movie. Uh huh. That one's really good. You should definitely check that out. It's uh, the killer wears a giant owl head, <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. And I actually even like. I don't know. Did you see the uh, Stage Fright from a couple years ago? It was like a horror musical, slasher musical. No, but now I want to. Yeah, it's it's got a pretty epic opening. The The opening number is, I kind of mm. still tap my foot around to it. <laughs> I find myself singing it. Um, the rest of the movies, it's okay. It's fine. But like that, it's it's worth it just to watch the opening number. There's so many. There's And yeah. then there's constantly movies coming out. Like, it, it, I, I feel like I can't keep up sometimes. <laughs> Have you seen the gate I, still I have not seen the gate i've seen the poster art i distinctly remember it being one of those movies that um you know you'd see at like a blockbuster or whatever mm-hmm. and i just never picked it up but i rem- i know exactly what it is yeah that movie uh, i can't remember his name he played the main villain in the first blade movie oh uh um, steven dorf yeah yep yep yeah uh, he's about t- 10 12 years old in that movie 
Oh, interesting. And his friend, for some weird reason, was another one of those actors that everybody said Marilyn Manson was. I think gotcha. it was, it was yeah. him and that kid from the Wonder Years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that conspiracy theory. Um, oh, I love a good conspiracy theory. I think they kind of crack me up. Even the, the, the crazy ones, I'm still like, I will entertain your argument. Please tell me more. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fine with most most of the conspiracy theories. The, the ones that I run away from, and I'm sure you do too, are the ones like the Sandy Hook people. Yeah, all the 9-11 stuff, the Sandy Hook stuff, all that stuff. I just like, listen, stop trying to downplay what actually happened. And let's just, you know, do something about it instead of trying to make up stories about it. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to tell me that the moon landing was faked by Stanley Kubrick, I'll hear I'm you in. out. I'm in. I'm yeah. in. 100%. <laughs> Let's watch Operation Avalanche. Yeah, where they fake it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's on Shudder right now. That's the that's the one I've been waiting to pull the trigger on is Shudder. Just because I feel like I have every streaming channel and cable. And I'm just like, do I need all this? I, I keep hearing about all these like Shudder originals that I'm like, well, I want to see it. <laughs> like... They're so cool. They've got the Wolf Creek TV series on there. Is there uh, season two on there too? I think so. Oh God, I got it. I I really like that season one, but the end. I don't know. Have you watched it? I'm a couple episodes before the end of the first season. Okay, then I won't say anything. But it just obviously, there's a season two. So <laughs> <laughs> you were a little but, left wanting at the end yeah, of season exactly. one. Exactly. That's kind of how I feel it's gonna be. I I was I always like so basically you're telling me every man in Australia just wants to rape and kill you because that's pretty much what happens during that entire show to that poor girl. <laughs> yeah, I I liked that I liked that first season though. I I thought I I dug it. We we have it on we have this weird channel on our Comcast called Pop. I don't know if you have that channel or not. <laughs> I I don't want to say I cut the cord because yeah I've got like four streaming channels. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I got rid of cable a while back. And they they show the randomest things on there. There's like a Canadian show um, called Shits Creek. I don't know if you've heard of that show. With, that was like uh, S C H I T S. Yeah, yeah. Z. Okay. It's out uh, with Eugene Levy and his son. It's it's actually a really funny show, but it's a random Canadian show on there. They showed the Wolf Creek show on that channel. It's it's really strange what they carry, but we enjoy it because we're like, well, we'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure any, any day now shutter is always doing those 30 day trials. Yeah. That's probably when I'll hop on board and give it a shot and see if I actually will use it enough to justify the, what five bucks a month that they, that they charge. Since this is the first time you've been on this show and we're talking about other kinds of first times, if you've got mm-hmm. the time, why don't you tell everybody who, for some reason, hasn't already been listening to your show how it got started, what what got you uh, into horror, and yeah. the interesting combination, a wonderful combination that your show is. Yeah, cool. Um, do you mind if we had just stopped for a second? Yeah, yeah. We'll take a really quick break, and we will be back in a second. Perfect. Like, just to like say hi, my name is um, you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Say that again. It's just introduce yourself. You're listening Uh to Scott and William versus Evil. And William versus Evil. William, Scott and William. Scott and William. William, like L I A M. Am I not saying that? William. 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 No, it's like just no L I A M. Oh, Liam. uh, Yeah. Liam. Sorry, I am jet lagged. These <laughs> lights are not helping. Uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's cool. Um, I 
thought you were spelling out the end of William. That's <laughs> okay, I got it now. Okay, ready? Yes. Hello, this is Amanda Fuller, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. We aren't listening yet, but you should be. We are Scott and Liam versus Evil out of Glasgow, Scotland. And each episode, we take you on a drunken trip through the best, the worst, and then between picks from horror cinema. Well, at least we try to. You can find us online at scottandliamversusevil.com. So join us as we bear our souls everywhere good podcasts are available. Or the pub. Are you terrified by real life? Us too! Do you like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts, for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. When the little blue bird who has never said a word starts to sing. Tell us all who you are, stranger. Yeah. So, um, how did I get into horror? Um, pretty much I got into horror because my mom was into horror. So she showed me movies like, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and scarred me pretty early. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was pretty much like a latchkey kid. So because my mom was a single mom. So 
they never really restricted what I watched. So I got to watch all kinds of horror growing up um, and got desensitized pretty early to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then as far as the podcasting world, I guess it all started with, I stumbled upon, um, I don't know if you listen to them, but Devour the Podcast. Yes. Yeah, I kind of stumbled upon their podcast just randomly searching for horror podcasts on uh, iTunes and it kind of opened up that whole world uh, and just started listening to all all things horror and uh, a couple other ones that I thought were interesting. And then I, I actually, like most people that probably do this, hate the sound of my own voice. So <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to ever do this myself. But funny enough, uh, basically, you know, just like the, the best ideas ever, it happens while you're drinking. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, me and my friend Maddie, who is a, a good college friend of my husband, uh, we get together pretty often and just kind of, you know, go out or sit on the back porch and drink some wine or whatever. And we found ourselves always devolving into these conversations around, you know, either movies or politics or kind of what was going on in this fucked up world. And it kind of just organically happened. We kind of had a night where we're like, hold on, stop talking. Like, we need to record this shit because it's pretty funny. <laughs> so, uh, and then I was, I've been holding on to this name Friday the 13th ever since uh, they kind of dubbed that Friday the 13th part seven as Friday the 13th. And I was like, well, I got a title for us. So that's <laughs> how we became Friday the 13th. And uh, we had to kind of split. Uh, there was a, We had to kind of think about a way to bring in politics and like horror in real life just because Maddie didn't want to just do movies. He wanted, you know, he's a big in uh making a difference you know in the world and whatever (laughs) um so he just asked that we could can we weave that in and i was like yeah how can we weave that in and we just decided hey let's just split it right down the middle it'll all be all things horror but uh we'll kind of divide it between horror and real life and horror and like movies and media so it kind of just happened organically bought ourselves some microphones and sat in his uh in his dining room and just went for it (laughs) I was going to make some sort of joke about some of the people on here. I don't like their shows, but everybody I've had on here, I've, I've, I've yeah. their show <laughs> I haven't yet had that guest on the show that I've have on to have an argument with. Sure. You know, I, there's obviously differences and opinions on different interpretations, but I haven't had that, you know, I really liked that. Uh, the episode where you had uh Duncan and Bo came on and, basically went on for about an hour and a half just about the politics that were going on in the u.s oh god duncan was so drunk Um, it was so funny though it was like wow these guys could go on for another like two hours if you let them (laughs) (laughs) and they did those that was that was two that ended up being two shows yeah yeah i remember (laughs) and yeah i I love how they talk I, i i knew that if i got them on i could pretty much just like sit back and say yeah and uh, <laughs> let them do the work yep let them do the work and that's that's part of how this show came to be was i just noticed that a lot of podcasters would lean cl- closer to talking about some political aspects of a movie or some side tangent and they're like well 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 nobody wants to hear that really yeah like, well a couple people do some people do you know <laughs> and so that gave me something to do because uh for the longest time i was in a band in a political yeah. band we would do benefits we would have voter registration at our merch table, and you, we, we were we were that band with like just fast, angry political punk music. And the then, band with a cause. <laughs> yeah, put some mushroom clouds on the album covers. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we got a lot of music written during the Bush presidency. I'm sure that's but, like my that's actually one of my favorite things now is that when everyone's like, 
oh, we look back on Bush so fondly. And I'm like, are you are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He was awful. Yeah, the war criminal that paints. Yeah. Okay, he paints, sure. How soon we forget, you know? I guess that is one of the Trumpish qualities, is that he can make people miss Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you're doing one thing right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Newton's third law MAGA. It'll... Oh, God be the equal and opposite reaction we're gonna have the future liberals want or a pile of rubble yeah it's it's so uh, just a little backstory on the election this last year we uh all got together on election night to uh not only just like watch the results or whatever but we were all going to vegas the next day and we had to get up at like 4 a.m to go to the airport um and (laughs) as the uh results were coming out people were getting drunker and drunker <laughs> and i had to drive us to the airport the next morning so i wasn't i wasn't uh, partaking but and i just like saw this de-evolution of my friend group where i was like oh no this is not gonna end well <laughs> if i could have i probably would have drank myself stupid so <laughs> oh and i was a mess i think at i think i cried while apologizing to my sleeping kid <laughs> at the end of the drunkenly crying and be like i'm sorry man I'm sorry for your future. (laughs) So you guys have, you guys have Kasich then, right? Over there? Yeah, we've got John Kasichs. Um, Speaking of flights and drunkenness, I allegedly was at an airport when John Kasich was running for governor. And we were flying from Florida back here to Ohio. And there was this guy sitting you know, at the bench behind it, you know, when your backs are to each other. Yeah. And he was just going on and on and on. Like you would expect a John Kasich to go on talking and, his, yeah. you know, pink pastel polo shirt, <laughs> way too tan. Oh, I'm great. Everybody, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so who's this fucking asshole? And my wife was my girlfriend at the time said that's john Kasich. he is running for our governor and she's uh she grew up in indiana so she knows all about pence <laughs> yeah if you could get worse yeah Ugh. allegedly john Kasich got really drunk on the plane and i may or may not have seen him wander around in the aisles or, <laughs> you know tapping the stewardesses on the shoulders repeatedly to get their attention because he's important and he possibly sat down on the armrest of his chair and fell into his chair drinking those oh, little amazing. airplane bottles of red wine that's amazing and I said to myself, I don't know this guy's politics, but fuck that guy. And then I I read about his politics and it's really fuck that guy. Yeah, seriously. I will say, though, like out of the uh, sea of assholes and idiots that were on the the running for the ticket, I was like, okay, but well, maybe that guy, maybe like if we're going to have to pick one of these guys. Yeah. It's not, I was going to say the cabinet of calamity, which is what I call Trump's cabinet, (laughs) but I don't know what you would call that monstrous collection of people. I mean, there was, who was the woman that didn't, I don't even even remember anymore to be honest with you. Okay. So crazy woman. That's not Michelle Bachman. 
Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, and John Kasich, and was Ben Carson there for yeah, a minute? He was still, yeah, he was in there. Uh, Jeb. Which I think it's funny because I think everyone kind of just like assumed it was going to be Jeb, you know, right from the beginning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it'll be another Clinton versus another Bush. This is where we're going. And I, I swear, like, I really early on in that election cycle, I, I turned to my husband. And I was like, we, we can't be serious with this Donald Trump guy, right? Like, we're not going to put the apprentice, the guy who hosts The Apprentice in the White House. Like, that's not, it can't happen, right? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> He's running don't against a woman this. in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of Democrats don't like her either. I know. We yeah. we cannibalized each other. That's unfortunately what happened. You know, she was she was not my my first pick. I was a I I don't want to say Bernie bro cuz I hate yeah, the Bernie sure. bros. But I was a Bernie dude. Yeah. You know, my neighborhood was a Bernie neighborhood. Or sure. still is. But you know, the neighborhood I live in is all arty people, punks that are old enough to buy houses those free library things that people build in their yard yeah we have a couple of those (laughs) (laughs) bernie 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 there's the bush house on the end of the block of the 90 something year old people that moved here before all the fucking hippies did yeah (laughs) and i didn't get a sign but pretty much after he lost the primary and everything it became okay who's running against trump because yeah yeah nothing has stopped this guy yet it can't be bargained with it can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, people live and die by the sword sometimes, you know, and they, they don't realize that uh, sometimes you got to do something for the better, you know, the better good. But, you know, we learn, we live and learn. We're humans. And hopefully we'll only make this mistake once. <laughs> Hopefully we've got the opportunity to, uh, I, I see that America's too lazy to have another revolution. So, I know. I, you know, we're too busy taking selfies, <laughs> too busy having politics podcasts. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I still we, go to my we know the irony and we get it. Yeah. It's, you know, this is pirate radio, like in the sixties and the kids hell yeah for the kids. I, I hope that they can keep their momentum going because I already feel like it's not as uh, prevalent as it was like right when it first happened. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm shakily confident that we can make something happen, you know? Hopefully it's in between rounds. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. I am enjoying this scene. Get on with it. <sighs> there was a girl that I would go see in Chicago. Sure, literally. yeah. And, you know, we went and saw, like, the the Chocolate Factory where Jeffrey Dahmer used to work. Yeah, we want to do, actually, a, an episode of our show from the bar that him and both, uh, him and uh, Clown, I can't think of his name right now. Gacy? Yeah, Gacy uh, had picked up victims from. So we're trying to work that out with the bar to do a podcast live from there. That would be really rad. So if you're ever in Chicago, look up the L and L Lounge. That's where the, it's still there. It's a whole it's a hole in the wall, shitty place, but it's still there. <laughs> the bar where Dahmer used to hang out when he was going to Ohio State uh, was the punk the main punk punk club where we yeah. all played. It was across the street from the the college. I think in the index at the end of that my friend Dahmer book, 
<laughs> there, somebody had seen him passed out on one of the benches out in front of the place. And <laughs> there was always somebody passed out drunk on that bench. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that bar got just got torn down this year. You know, campus redevelopments. They're tearing down a bunch of the old buildings. But yeah, Dahmer had his name on a plaque because he did the, the passport where you drink every beer that the bar has. Yeah, yeah. So, Isn't it funny? Like, it's kind of fascinating how we as humans... Um, just like idolize these people that kill people or maybe not idolize, but just are fascinated by these people that killed people. And <laughs> we're like, we yeah. love it. Like, I don't know what was so weird. I think part of it is not in a good way, but there's something atavistic about it. Something really primal. Mm-hmm. And it's also sort of like a mental zoo, you know, where you put a monster in a different, in a special little box in your obsession and it's sort of, separates them you know sort of yeah yeah easier to see them not really as as <laughs> as real monsters or real people right it's almost like you're fictionalizing them in your own in your own brain to justify being interested in what they did <laughs> yeah have you ever stood at the edge of a cliff or a subway platform with someone and and you thought just for, for a split second what if i pushed them <laughs> No, not really. Usually I follow the Judeo-Christian ethic of thou shalt not kill, yeah, but that's yeah, no, just I, me, I, you, know. you know. I know, I know. I'm just, just I'm me. just making a point of of how many times we trust other people with our lives. I mean, look at us, Charlie. Look at us. We're sleeping. And look how vulnerable we are. And I could do anything to you in your sleep. Because, I, I mean, people will have those thoughts for a second. I mean, everyone, you got to admit anytime like somebody cuts you off in traffic or is being a shithead at a, you know, a coffee place or whatever, you have those moments where you're like, oh, and then you're just like, okay, but I'm a rational person. And now I need to deal (laughs) with this with the real feelings. This was a fun conversation. Thanks for talking about this movie. And thanks for coming over. And for Pride Month, we will be doing your pick, which is Rules of Attraction. Yep. I'm pretty excited about that one. And uh, I, I think Maddie might might join us for that, too. Cool. So he expressed some interest and he's like, how come you're going on all these podcasts? And I'm like, because I'm reaching out to them. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, I don't know if he had access to it, but my first reach out to you guys was to the page. The page. Yeah, email. yeah, yeah. And you took a chance on writing back to some weird guy with a blurry profile picture. <laughs> I haven't regretted it yet. So. <laughs> um, so do you mind if I do you mind if I tease something then? Please do. I don't know. You're familiar with we've brought it up a couple times. It must have been front of mind for me. But uh, Friday the 13th, part seven, uh, we got Nick, uh, Kevin Spiritus to come on and talk about um, all things Friday the 13th. And kind of um, it's kind of known that that a lot of that cast were in the closet at the time and then after came out of the closet. Um, so we just want to talk to him about kind of his experience as being a gay actor and how that's affected his career. And then of course, talk about that movie because I feel like that movie amongst uh, the Friday, the 13th fandom kind of splits people. Like some people love it and some people hate it. I I tend to fall in the kind of like, it was the first one I ever saw. So I kind of falls in that, like, I kind of love it. (laughs) So uh, we're pretty excited to talk to him. He seems like a super nice guy. That is awesome. That's definitely one that I haven't seen as often. It's basically got like Melissa, who's the bitchy girl with the pearls. 
um, the doctor and the mom with the famous, like the mom with that famous hair, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. crazy eighties hair. Doctor uh, Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Cruz. <laughs> um, and then Nick, which is like the main love interest of the, uh, and Tina, of course, who's you know kind of like the Carrie, the Carrie character of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool that he was even willing to uh, entertain the idea. So hopefully we're talking to him on Monday. Hell yeah. Uh, and I hope by this point you've already listened to it, dear listener. But if not, you know what to do next. Yeah, we are getting ready to say goodbye. So go download or or you won't be hearing this at all because it didn't happen yet. Um, <laughs> you know, they, those used to always play uh, the random ones, the later ones. They used to always play on HBO all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> So I think I just happened to stumble upon that one first for some reason. There was always a marathon on Friday the 13th. Yeah, exactly. Didn't know where you were going to turn it on. and Fr- or Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I actually have already reached out to Mark Patton to see if he'll, he'll do it as well. But we'll see if he answers me. He's in pretty high demand now that he's kind of accepted that fandom of his. You know what I mean? Yeah, he and the guy that played Grady or Brady. Mm-hmm, Grady. I, yeah. I saw them at a horror hound. Uh, they did an appearance a couple years ago. Nice. They were a blast. We'll see. <laughs> I don't get my hopes up. I just reach out to these random celebrities and see if they want to do something. So, <laughs> Hey, more power to you. That's awesome. But anyway, <laughs> I even can't even avoid doing a tangent in the... In the I know, podcast. we just keep going. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here. This was the Psycho-Semantic Podcast episode, I forget. Check out Friday the 13th also on legionpodcasts.com and where other down or other podcasts where other podcasts can be found or where podcasts can be downloaded. I don't even know where all the places my show is. Yeah, and I, it, it's all over the place. You'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> As Ricky Morgan says, just google it. Exactly. <laughs> um Thank you again very no, much. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. This is the first time where I've gotten to go on somebody else's podcast and kind of get their point of view. So I really appreciate you reaching out to me and uh, uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. At least one more time until you get yep. sick of it. <laughs> um, so yeah, until then, everybody, let's see. What would be a bit of wisdom that you would get from Cherry Falls? We've got um, don't let them take you to the second location when we did Last House on the Left. Pop your cherry early or die not ha- not having sex, dude. <laughs> As my plastic surgeon always said, if you gotta go, go with a smile. <laughs>